Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, a presentation of Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee, a servant of the Lord for over seven decades, culminated his ministry with a 21-year book-by-book exposition of the entire Bible, which he called Life Study. This Life Study is the basis for our program today and includes short portions of the spoken messages given by Witness Lee. Now, let's join today's program. Nearly all Christians know that Christ is the Lamb of God who accomplished redemption for us. John chapter 1 verse 29, the next day he saw Jesus coming to him and said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. However, not many have seen a clear picture of Christ as the redeeming Lamb of God in Scripture. But nowhere in the Bible is this picture more dramatically presented as Exodus chapter 12. Though you may be familiar with this story in a general way, today's Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee promises to unveil the matter of redemption in a deeper and utterly marvelous fashion as we focus on the details of Christ as not just our Passover lamb, but as the Passover itself. Ed Marks is with us today for the first of two programs covering the Passover from the book of Exodus. And Ed, this is the most, I think, complete and clear type of the wonderful redemption of our Lord Jesus Christ that we have in Scripture, isn't it? It is, Chris. And in this program, we will see that Christ is not just the Passover lamb, but he's the entire Passover with all of its details. In Galatians 3.13, it says that we've been redeemed from the curse of the law. To be redeemed from the curse of the law means we're redeemed from the consequence of the law. And when you go to Ezekiel 18, verses 4 and 20, it says the soul who sins shall die. That's the consequence of the law. Well, Christ died instead of us. So he paid the penalty of the law. Now the curse of the law has been taken away by his death on the cross as the Passover lamb. Now when we believed in the Christ, his redemption with all of its details in Exodus 12 was applied to us. And I just want to say this to our listeners. It's amazing in Exodus 12 that when they ate the Passover lamb, their calendar got changed. It was the seventh month of the year, but it became the first day of the first month of the year to them. So they had a civil calendar and they had a sacred calendar. So all of us who have believed in the Christ and received him as our Lord and Savior, we just don't have a civil calendar when we were born the first time in a physical way. We have a sacred calendar when we were born again in a spiritual way. So, Chris, they called that month the month of Abib. That's spelled A-B-I-B, which means something sprouting, something budding which means that when we believed into Christ and received him as our Lord and Savior, something organic of Christ himself was dispensed into us, and this organic Christ began to sprout in us, began to bud in us with a new energy of life, of the divine life. So that's the significance of Christ being our Passover in an initial way. That's marvelous, Ed. And so for each of us, when we receive Christ initially and are born again, that's our first day of the first month of our first year. Exactly, exactly. That, you could say that's our, that's our spiritual birthday. 
It's very marvelous. Well, of course, redemption, as believers, we consider it to be something that uh, is really a focal point in the New Testament. But actually today and in our next broadcast, we're going to see that it is more vividly and in more detail presented here in Exodus chapter 12. Here's Witness Lee. In the whole Bible, the 66 books, there is not one page that describes the redemption of Christ so clearly, so adequately, and so even all-inclusively as in Exodus. The Passover here is presented to us again as a picture, I hope, the picture of Christ's redemption could be painted in a clear way. When you look at this picture, you need all the other places to give you the interpretation. Let me tell with you all, what does it mean that Christ is our Passover? Paul didn't say, the lamb, our lamb, has been sacrificed. But Paul said, Christ, our Passover, has been sacrificed. And Passover here means what? means the judgment of God passes over us. When I see the blood, I will pass over you. And this is where this term Passover came in. So, according to the uh, record in Exodus 12, the Passover was due to what? To the blood. When I see the blood, I will pass over you. So the Passover of God's judgment was due to the covering of the blood. There was a kind of covering. Why the children of Israel were charged to eat the flesh in the house? Whose doorposts and lintel were just sprinkled by the blood. Why they were trying to eat in the house? That means they were in something as the covering. The house was the covering, not only under which, but in which they were eating. They were eating the lamb in the house, and the house was the covering. And this house was sprinkled at the doorpost and lintel. When we come to Paul's development, Paul said, not only the blood was the Passover, but Christ was the Passover. Today, the Passover is not only due to blood, but due to the entire Christ. Our covering is Christ. So, today, God's judgment Passover is due to Christ. This is why Christ is our Passover. This Christ is not only the lamb, not only the bread and leaven, not on the herbs, but also the house.
Well, Ed, we heard uh, in the opening of the program from John 1, when John the Baptist declares, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. That clearly is pointing us to the Passover Lamb as a type of Christ. But uh, Paul, in 1 Corinthians 5, verse 7, tells us that our Passover Christ also has been sanctified. This might seem like a subtle or perhaps even inconsequential point to some, that Christ is not just the lamb for our redemption, but that he is the substance of the Passover itself. Why, why is this such a meaningful distinction? Yeah, I think this is very important, Chris, what you pointed out. This verse, 1 Corinthians 5, 7, is very important, where it says, Our Passover Christ has been sacrificed. That means he is all the details of the Passover. He's just not the Passover lamb who took away the sin of the world. But Exodus 12 speaks of the unleavened bread that we have to eat with the Passover lamb. The unleavened bread is Christ as the sinless one. When we eat Christ as the unleavened bread as our spiritual supply, he's the sinless one that we eat. He's not just the unleavened bread. He's the bitter herbs which means that we have a bitter taste towards sin. When Christ comes into us as the Lamb of God, we get cleansed with the blood, then we have a bitter taste towards sin. We have a repentance and a regret for our sins. We'll see this a little later. Also, of course, you have the Lamb itself. You have the blood of the Lamb for redemption, and you have the flesh of the Lamb so that we can eat the Lamb, spiritually speaking, and that energizes us to move out of Egypt which signifies Satan's world, and to move out from under Pharaoh, which signifies Satan himself. So to eat the flesh of the lamb strengthens us and energizes us to move out from under Satan's domination and the world's usurpation. Then you have also the house. Brother, you mentioned the house. The house is also Christ, because it's only in Christ that we can enjoy him as the Passover lamb. So the house was to be their covering in which they could eat the flesh of the Passover lamb. The house was covered. The doorposts were covered with the blood. And Exodus 12, 13, God says, when I see the blood, I will pass over you. Well, that verb, pass over, became a noun. He's our Passover. But Chris, it's marvelous. 1 Corinthians 1, 30 says, of God, you are in Christ Jesus. And so because we are in Christ, we don't just enjoy the lamb once in our lifetime. My prayer is for our listeners right now. We can be enjoying the lamb in Christ right now. Because John 15, 5 says, abide in me and I in you. So we take him as our house and we enjoy him as all the aspects of the Passover in him as our home, as our house. These are just wonderful points. And one thing that strikes me as we're in fellowshipping here and listening to you. Um, Of course, the first initial item, which I think most people fairly easily identify regarding the Passover as a type of redemption, the blood of Christ causes the death angel to pass over us. And there is a marvelous, very objective truth uh, in God's divine revelation that is depicted by this part. But these details that you opened up about the unleavened bread, the bitter herbs, the eating of the lamb to energize, all these things are not just objective. These are really subjective experiences that are related to the Passover. That's right, Chris. And, and all of us who've received Christ as our Lord and the Savior, we've experienced these things. You know, Chris, it's interesting. In Exodus twelve fourteen and Exodus thirteen nine, it uses the word memorial. 
that the Passover was to be a memorial to us, which means the detailed account of Christ's redemption typified in Exodus indicates that God intends for us to remember Christ's redemption in a specific and detailed way with all of its details, not just the lamb, but with all of its details. Well, Ed, we better move along. There's a lot in this program. I'd like to linger on these points, but uh, time time is demanding that we uh, pick up Section 2. And we're going to come back to see something related to the House, a little different aspect than what we just touched in this section. Here's Witness Lee once more. The Passover lamb is not for everybody, but for every house. And here you have to realize the unit for God's salvation is not individual, but a house. In Luke chapter 19, when the Lord Jesus talked to that publican, and he told him, today the salvation has come to your house. Not only himself, but to his whole house. Even in the ancient time, in Joshua, that whole rehab, Joshua told her, you have to collect your mother, father, all your family together in this house. Right. Not only you yourself shall be saved, but all your house shall be saved. So that is the unit of God's salvation. In Acts 16, 31, Paul says, believe in the Lord Jesus. You and your house shall be saved. And in Acts 11, verse 14, the angel told the house of Cornelius that the whole house needs Peter to come to preach the gospel to that house. God's salvation doesn't take any individual person as unit. But always it takes the house. God's salvation is for the house. You read Exodus 12, verses 2 and 3. It says, every house one land. Whether it is big or it is little, it doesn't depend upon the land. It depends upon your house. Lamb remains the same. Suppose your house is too little. Then the Lord says, you have to bring in your next neighbor. Your two houses join together to take one. Then it goes on to say something hard for us to understand. It says, it is counted according to the number of the souls. What does this mean? According to the number of souls, according to eating. Oh, the very Christ typified by the Passover lamb has no scarcity. He can meet all our needs. We are a big family, we are a small family, we are a single family, whether we are two joined together, many souls or a few souls, or we have a big appetite. No problem. Christ, just this one Christ, just this one land is sufficient to meet all you need. 
Well, Ed, once again, Witness Lee is quite exercised over what might seem like a small point, but now uh, this is a marvelous point, isn't it? These two verses in Exodus 12 focusing on a lamb for the house according to the size of the house. These are actually uh, related to a passage in the New Testament that he mentioned. Maybe you could develop this connection. Well, exactly, Chris. This is a marvelous truth. In Exodus 12, 2 and 3, basically speaking, there was a lamb for a house. And if you go to the New Testament, you see that the unit of God's salvation is not the individual, but it's the house, the family. So to all our listeners, I would say, if, you, if you've received Christ as your Passover lamb, as your Lord and Savior, it's not just for your personal salvation, but it's for your whole household. It's for your mother. It's for your father. It's for your children. It's for those who are related to you. So in God's eyes, there is such a thing as household salvation. And we need to claim this truth for our whole house. Just like Brother Lee pointed out in Joshua 2 and 6, Rahab was saved and her whole house. In Luke 19 verse 9, Zacchaeus was saved with his whole house. In Acts eleven fourteen, Cornelius was saved with his whole house. And in Acts 16, 30 and 31, the Lord told the Philippian jailer, he said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved and your house. So this is household salvation. This should make us be filled with joy and pray for the members of our house that they would all be saved. This is God's will that all of our house would be saved. Now, it also says in Exodus 12, 4, and Brother Lee pointed this out, that if the house is too little for the lamb, then he and his neighbor were to take the lamb according to the number of the souls and according to every man's eating. In other words, the salvation of the Passover lamb, if your house was too little for it, it spilled over to your neighbor. So your neighbor got saved. What this shows is that Christ is always sufficient. He's all sufficient. With him, there is no scarcity, and he is sufficient to meet every need, not just the needs of our household, but the needs of our neighbors. Wow. That, I think, is a word that uh, will land with a lot of our listeners. Uh, We're all burdened, I think, for family members. Perhaps I know I've got a couple of neighbors that we've been praying for. And this is the Christ we have, isn't it? The one that is all-sufficient, not just to take care of our need, but even to have an excess for others, those whom the Lord lays on our heart. That's right, Chris. There is no scarcity with Christ. He meets our every need. He meets the need of our family. He meets the need of our neighbors. That's marvelous. Well, Ed, we come to our final section today. I'd like to read a couple more verses from chapter 12 of Exodus that are the focus of this section. And again, this has to do with fine, marvelous details that we'll uh, we'll have opened up to us. In verse 8, it says, And they shall eat the flesh in that night roasted with fire, and they shall eat it with unleavened bread and bitter herbs. Do not eat any of it raw or boiled at all with water, but roasted with fire, its head with its legs and with its inward parts. And you shall not let any of it remain until the morning, but any of it that remains until the morning, you shall burn with fire. Here's Witness Lee. The flesh of the lamb was to be eaten for life supplied. John in chapter six, my flesh is eatable. My flesh in John signifies what? The life of Christ. The life of Christ is eatable. The life of Christ is our life supply. How the life of Christ 
supplies. The blood of the Lamb is for redemption, and the flesh of the Lamb is for life supply. And the way to eat, firstly, it must be roasted by fire. Fire here signifies God's holy rod coming in to judge. This is the fire. A good number of people, they don't believe in Christ's redemption. But they always say Christ is a good model, good example, a good model of humanity. Let us just imitate Christ following his way to live. This is to eat the lamb raw, then not boil it with water. What is this? It is so strange. Among the Christians, there are a number that say Christ died on the cross not for redemption, just for persecution, for martyrdom. Christ was not a redeemer there. He was a martyr. He didn't suffer God's judgment for all redemption. He suffered persecution. He suffered martyrdom. He sacrificed himself for his doctrine. This is to eat the lamb by boiling with water. Could you follow me? Then we have to take the lamb with his head, legs, and inwards. The head signifies wisdom. The legs signifies activities and uh, moves and walks. And the inwards signifies all the inward part of Christ's being. This means we have to take Christ entirely. We have to take Christ as a whole. We take his wisdom. We take his activities his moves, his walks, and we take all his inward parts. When you enjoy Christ as your Passover, you have to get rid of all the sinful things, and at the same time, you have to regret, you have to repent some kind of bitter taste. Then the last item is that it's born not to be broken. This signifies the crucified Christ, the killed lamb, has something that is unbreakable, indestructible. That is his eternal life. Amen. How could you prove that the bones signify life? Because God took a piece of bone out of Adam to produce Eve. Bone signifies something imparting life. In other words, Adam's bone imparted life into Eve. This bone signifies what? Signifies Christ's life that imparts life to all of us. Hallelujah. Well, Brother Ed, over the years I've heard you speak on this topic many times. I know you have a lot of feeling, and there's really some significance here to help all of us in our experience of Christ. I would just turn the remaining time over to you and, and invite you to speak according to your feeling and burden today. 
Well, Chris, this is very significant, what Brother Lee shared, that we don't just have the blood of the Passover lamb, but we have the flesh of the Passover lamb to be eaten for life supply. And in John 6.55, the Lord said, my flesh is true food. And flesh here signifies the life of Christ, which is edible as our life supply. So most Christians, they appreciate the blood, which we should appreciate to the uttermost. The blood is for redemption. But the flesh of the lamb is for life supply, again, to strengthen us, to energize us, and to supply us to move out of Egypt, to move out of the world, and to move into God. It just shows we need to, like John 6, it says, he who eats me shall live because of me. And the Lord wasn't speaking about his physical flesh, because later he said in verse 63, he said, it is the spirit who gives life, the flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. So it's by praying over his words, by eating his words, that we enjoy him as our life supply to move out of this world with its usurpation and out from under Satan's domination. Now, Brother Lee talked about a number of details here. The lamb is roasted with fire. Christ was under the holy fire of God's judgment. And this is the lamb that we take. We don't take a raw lamb. We don't take him as a model or example of human life to be imitated. We can't imitate Christ. We're supposed to live Christ. He lives in us. And Paul said, for me to live is Christ. And this lamb wasn't boiled with water, which means that his death was not a mere martyrdom. His death was for our redemption. And I enjoyed, Chris, very much that we need to eat the lamb in its entirety. We need to eat the head, the legs, and the inward parts. The head signifies Christ as our wisdom. The leg signifies Christ for our activities and move. And the inward parts, according to Philippians 1.8, signify Christ's affections and his feelings, his inward feelings and his sympathies. So we need to take Christ in his entirety. Then we take him as our unleavened bread. We purge away everything sinful. This happened when we got redeemed. And we take him as our bitter herbs, which means we regret and we repent. We have a bitter taste regarding sinful things. Then finally, uh, Brother Lee said that you were not to break any bones of the Passover lamb. If you look at John 19, verses 33 and 36, the Lord's bones were not broken on the cross. That fulfilled the prophecy in Exodus 12, 46, you weren't to break any of the bones of the Passover lamb. And the bone there signifies Christ's unbreakable life that imparts life. According to Genesis 2.21, a bone, a rib was taken out of Adam, and God built that rib into a woman, which signifies Christ's unbreakable life that imparts life. So this radio program, in just an extract way, covers so many details of Christ as our Passover that it's really quite marvelous. I would encourage our listeners to get the printed life study and you could read more in detail about this and you'll be more inspired, more supplied, and uh, more in love with the Lord than you ever were before. You know, I had the occasion to experience a Passover feast in Israel not too long ago, and it was a marvelous experience, but I have the sense today we've had the real Passover feast just in this last half hour or so that we've been together. Thanks for your fellowship today, Ed. You've been listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee. 
For 21 years, Witness Lee conducted a comprehensive life study. These audio programs are based on those messages. But to get the full riches of the life study, we hope you'll visit our website, lifestudy.com. From there, you can read over 1,800 life study messages in their entirety or download more audio programs like this one, all free of charge. Again, the website is lifestudy.com. Thanks for listening today.